The 80th Missionary Conference of Alden Union Church continues, and we're delighted you're here. Uh, sorry that that wasn't as clear as we would have liked it to have been. It's um, how great is our God in many different cultures and languages, one after the other after the other. Uh, our God is great all over the world. He's a God of the world, and we, we certainly appreciate that. I'd like to um, make a couple of announcements, particularly concerning the conference. Taste of the World Dinner is coming. That's coming up March 13th. This Friday is part of the conference. The deadline is today. So if you haven't signed up and you're planning to come, it is a huge help to know that you're coming. So what I'd like to ask JK to do, if you would stand or raise your hand or let us find where you are. There she is right in the center aisle there. Let her know directly if you should happen to miss her and you're in the back hallway near the nursery, you'll see a place to sign up. It's very important that we know how many people are coming. That would be a big help. And remember again, the, um, there's a ministry involved with that. It's not simply coming for fellowship or even to be informed. Uh, we've got 30 guests from ESL who are going to be there and we'd love to see them surrounded by loving Christians. Uh, so make sure that that's a, a ministry as well as a time of uh, entertainment in one sense, but information, but a time of great fellowship in addition to that. Also, be sure to be praying for our Students Missions Conference Project Go middle school, high school students here on March 21st, uh, and students from all over the area will be here and pray that that would be something that God would use in a great way. Wednesday morning coffee hour. In most previous years, that has been a ladies' activity. It is open to everyone now, so anybody who would like to come, we're inviting you to come on Wednesday morning. There will be a nursery provided and also be sure, if you didn't pick it up this morning, AUC Missionary History Document. It's on tables in the back. Um, it contains a list of our current missionary family and their email addresses, a written history of Alden Union Church missions, and a list of all the missionaries that Alden Union Church has ever supported. So we'd appreciate if you'd take a copy of that one per family. And then this Wednesday, there will be a funeral service for James Whitby. Many of you will remember James. Uh, visitation is at 11.30. And uh, in, uh, very appropriately, in lieu of flowers, gifts are appreciated by the Missionary Fund of the Church. And also, in keeping with the whole theme of missions, we'll be having a baptism two Sunday nights from tonight. Please let me know if you'd like to be baptized. We have a number of folks already who would like to be baptized. And I was asked to make this announcement, ladies. Today is the last day to register and pay for the sight and sound trip to see Moses. So uh, make sure that you take care of that, if you will. Let's look to the Lord together in prayer as we commit the evening to him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we pray, we don't do it because it's something that's on the schedule. We don't do it because it would probably offend some people if we didn't, or it's a custom that we've gotten used to. We pray because we desire to honor you, and we pray because there's power in prayer, and we pray because you've told us to do that. And so tonight, even before our service, we realize that it's not by might or by power, meaning it doesn't matter how much we've rehearsed, how much we've gone over and reviewed and studied and prepared any of the folks who are speaking tonight. It's not by might or power. It's by your spirit that anything good will be accomplished. And so we ask that your spirit would be at work among us, that we would be open to him, that we wouldn't quench him, that we wouldn't in any way turn our backs to what it is that you're going to be saying to us tonight. So may this be a great night in the life of the church, not as we measure greatness, but as you do. 
to do a work in our hearts and lives. Thank you for Jamie Farr. Thank you for the rich heritage that Jamie has. And thank you that some of his family is with us tonight. Thank you that his grandfather is here. And uh, I, we pray that he'd be blessed simply by seeing the way you've been working over many decades through the family of, of the Maury's and, and the Farr's. Thank you for that. And thank you for all that you have in store for us tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Being a missionary requires you to learn new things, do things differently, and uh, so I'm going to make you all missionaries right now. We're going to do something differently. If you'll turn in your hymnal to 305, it's a really strong hymn. It's a, really a prayer to God to do some things in the church as related to missions and his work in the world. Uh, but we're not going to sing the tune that's there. We're going to sing a tune that's a lot more familiar, so you're going to have to kind of sing the words but to a tune that's in your memory somewhere, and um, I think you'll recognize the tune a little better. But would you stand with me? Really good hymn, excellent thoughts. Uh, try the tune. Lord, thy church on earth is seeking thy seated. How many of you know what hallelujah means? How many of you know what language that is? Hebrew, hallelujah means praise ye the Lord. Well, we're going to hear a song that in, what's the language? Swahili, Buana Asifiwi means praise the Lord. 
So that's what these bells and other sounds are doing.
Thank you. Thank you. That You know, there was something there that everybody here could have done, wasn't there? Pull something out of your pocket, your keys or something, and beat them in rhythm for a few minutes. I should have a praise team up here, I think, pretty soon. But in the meantime, while they're coming, would you greet someone that you know and then someone you don't know and tell them you're glad that they're here? I'm going to have to stop arranging the service this way because I keep having you sit down and then stand up. But uh, you need to you need to do that. It's good for your heart. <laughs> Would you please stand? We're going to sing this song, and we sang it this morning a couple of times. Some of you starting to get, get an idea how it goes, and we'll sing it again next week. Uh, a bridge between the Lord's Prayer and the Lord's Commission to us. Um, much the same ideas.
My name is Deb Churchill, and I serve with EG Ministries. I had the privilege this morning of being down in kids' worship. Um, I don't know what you guys were doing up here, but we were having a great time downstairs. And I was talking to the children about what our theme meant, Christ for a world in crisis. And when I asked them what the word crisis meant, one of the children raised their hands and very profoundly said, A crisis is a problem so big, you don't know what to do about it. And I thought, that's perfect. It's perfect. How many of you have problems that are so big, you don't know what to do about them? Well, there you go. You have a crisis, don't you? And as we all know, Jesus is the answer to the crisis. We see crisis right here in the United States. There are children and adults living in poverty. Some of them don't have enough money to have enough food to be satisfied every day. We see children and adults at risk for drugs and abuse. There are children being bullied. They think they are of no value and are being put down by peers and adults. These children either retreat into themselves and don't trust anybody, or they lash out at others that they see as weak or more vulnerable than they. There are families facing physical loss, such as house fires, flooding, other effects of nature. There are broken homes where children are left to make tough life decisions on their own.
these children and adults are looking for unconditional love, safety, and significance. They want to know that they are valued for who they are and that their lives have meaning and purpose. Sometimes this longing leads to looking for their needs to be met through drugs in an effort to escape the world around them and or looking for love wherever they can find it no matter what that means or what the cost. Suicide is sometimes an option for them because they see no hope. We see all of the above that I have mentioned in EGs. We see children with those crises in their lives. We see adults with those crises happening in their lives. And we are privileged to minister to them in a small way through EGs. More and more children that come to our club ministries come from unchurched, unfamiliar with our great God and loving Father. They have no idea who Jesus is and that he came to save us and that he cares for us right where we are. EG Ministries gives children and adults a safe place to come where they are accepted and loved for who God has created them to be. We have girls club ministries where girls learn the truths of God's word and memorize scripture so that they can take it with them wherever they go and remember that God is with them to meet them in their times of need. Uh, we plan a women's conference to provide fellowship, times of worship and Bible study, an opportunity to be heard and encouraged. In our club ministries, dad-daughter and mom-daughter events are planned to allow families to learn about each other and hear the truths of God's word. A week of camp is held each summer for girls to get away for developing skills and learning more about God's word through devotions, Bibles times, Vespers, and one-on-one -on -one interaction with women who love the Lord. Our curriculum can be used for boys or co-ed ministries as well. The truth of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us in his death, resurrection, and ascension into glory is always the priority because it's only Jesus that can solve the crisis and has solved the crisis and defeated it through his death and resurrection. We want to see lives transformed through believing in him as their Savior and Lord and then to actively grow in their knowledge of him through Bible study, prayer, fellowship with other believers, and service. Thank you. By faith that we as God's people accomplish anything, and that's not new with us. It's been from the beginning of time, and I'd like to have you stand, and we'll sing this hymn, which kind of does a history of people of faith but it brings it down right to where we are and the fact that we still have a job to do and that job is going to be accomplished if we act in faith, not out of sight, not just what we think can be done on our own. So sing with me and us, and I think we've sung this enough times you might be able to pick it up if, if it's fairly new.
Hi, my name is Takashi Ira. I'm not a vocational missionary or Christian worker because this morning some young lady asked me, are you Christian? I guess because my face, she thought I was from some other country. <laughs> However, I am a vocational missionary and a Christian worker in the sense that I have a strong impulse or inclination to follow God's calling. And I hope many of you feel that way, although you are not paid to do it. So this announcement comes from me. First of all, I must tell you that the God does not need to do his work through you. But God created everything in the world and accomplished his work, and he does not need us. But, however, he is very much interested in using his people, us, to do his work at the Olden Union Church in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, and throughout the world. Thirdly, when we make ourselves available to his service, God promises to equip us, bless us, and to grant us success. So in conjunction with the mission and the Centennial Committee, the membership committee is asking each of you to do God's work in this centennial year of Old Union Church. We are recruiting 100 people. We are asking each person, each of 100 people, to do his work for two hours a week for the next year or 100 hours within the year. We already have at least six people who are planning to do short-term mission work this summer or next outside of the United States. One person de dedicated 100 hours of his time in studying God's Word through the Bible Training Center. How about you? He is always calling his people for his work. Is God calling you to do his work? We like to sing, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. But are you willing to sing, Lord, use us as you want, or by your grace, we will preach your gospel? It is easy to say, you should be the praise of every tongue, or you should be the joy of our every heart. But are you really singing, send us out? I am a person who lives in present continuous tense. I realize that this year we are celebrating centennial of Old Union Church and this is the 80th missionary conference. God has worked through his people at the Old Union Church for many years. I also know that I, as well as many of you, will be in heaven one day. However, I cannot live in the past and I cannot live in future. 
I must live today in present continuous tense. So, what are you doing? What are you going to do today, this week, this year? Is God calling you to do his work? If so, please take a brochure and let the membership committee know. We will help you to find the right ministry for you to do within next year, next two years. Thank you. Good evening. Um, my name is Tim Slonhauer, and I'm an elder on the worship committee, and tonight it's my privilege to be able to pray for all the missionaries of our missionary family. So if you'll please join me while I lead us in prayer. Father God, we do thank you for this day, and we thank you for giving us another day to worship and serve you. And we also thank you for the importance of what this day means, of this being the 80th year of this uh, missions conference and just the legacy of... Uh, of commitment that this church has to supporting those who are serving you both here and around the world. Uh, we just thank you for those from our midst who over the years have gone out to serve you and also for others that you've led to us that we can uh, support through prayer and, and financial means. And we just uh, ask that you would help uh, each one of our missionaries, Lord, as tonight many of them serve in difficult places that are not necessarily physically safe. And we just pray for physical safety for them that you would just help their walk with you, that they would continue to grow in closer fellowship with you, that they would just be um, uh, radiant lights for uh, you where you have them planted. Lord, we pray for wisdom and discernment for their ministry as they've got many difficult decisions and, and difficult situations that they deal with each day, that they would just have the, the grace and, and the peace uh, that you provide in order to, to lead them uh, into the, the right decisions. We also pray for their financial, physical, and emotional challenges that they face when they're on the field, as it, it's so easy to forget that they're real people like us, and they have all the same, uh, same issues that we face. It's just, uh, it, it can be compounded when they serve cross-culturally. And so we just ask that you would continue to provide for their needs, that you would help us as a congregation to, to lift them up in prayer, and that we would be faithful in, in supporting them uh, each day as, as we go to prayer for them. We also ask that you would help them to be good ambassadors for you, and that you would just be honored through, through their testimony. And Lord, this week is, as this is just a special time in the life of the church as we get to uh, hear about all that you're doing throughout the world. Uh, just ask that you would help each one of us to be pierced by what it is that, that, that you're going to share through the missionaries, Lord, that our hearts would be touched, that we would come away as changed people, that uh, it would be something that, um, from what we hear, that we would be willing to put into practice and, and perhaps take a step of faith in our own lives here while we're in the States or perhaps uh, follow you uh, in full-time Christian ministry. And Lord, we um, also pray that you would help us to be an encouragement to the missionaries because though they're coming to us to share, Lord, we have just a tremendous opportunity to, to be an encouraging influence on them and that we would just do that for your glory. And so now as we have the opportunity to give back a portion of what you so richly blessed us with, we just ask that you would uh, multiply it and uh, use it to further your kingdom both here and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. To the desperate eyes and reaching hands 
Good evening, everyone. What a joy to be here. I know. It's like, um, it was such a thrill to hear Deb just share about Explorer Girls because the seeds that were planted in me so long ago are um, starting to bear some fruit. So thank you for your ministry. That was really cool to hear about. Um, I am um, Christy Ware. Did I say that already? No, sure. I'm Christy Ware. And um, I'm with a mission organization called Teach Beyond. And um, I just finished a year of language training in Alberville, France. 
if you know Lori Need, uh, she paved the way for me to go and prayed me through, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, and now I am in a holding pattern because uh, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to end up. Why is that? Because our world is in crisis. Uh, I was supposed to go to the Central African Republic, but they have since had a coup, a civil war, and uh, then I was supposed to go to the Democratic Republic of Congo, but because that place is too violent, I can't go as a single woman. So there's a lot of crises going on in the Central African region right now. And you ask, well, why is there civil war? Why is there so much violence? Well, when I look at, uh, at Africa, I see a place that um, hasn't really gotten on its feet yet. It hasn't been developed. There's not a whole lot of enterprise that can be planted um, when these countries are politically unstable. And why are these countries politically unstable? Why can't there be enterprise? Um, well, it's because leadership is really lacking. And uh, when there's that much uh, poverty, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of discord, a lot of uh, anger. And so the Christian church has asked for help. How can we get out of this? And so when we asked, um, when our organization came in and asked, how can we help? They said, help us, help our leaders. Now I'm a teacher, how do I help a leader? I don't help the leaders who are leaders today, I help the leaders of tomorrow. And so what my, what my hope to do is actually to train Christian school teachers to, to better equip their students to be able to think critically and to think Christianly about the problems that they face every day. So how to, how to work their farm in a way that honors God and in a way that they can support their family at the same time. Um, how can they lead their church in a way that is with integrity and is also efficient and effective. To ask questions that are beyond just rote memory, but actually get to the, the actual root of the problem. So um, that's what I'm hoping to do in the next little bit. I'm not exactly sure when that'll be, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be soon. And in the meantime, the Lord is um, walking with me right now through this, what I call marinating. Um, and uh, he is burning his character deeper onto my heart right now because certainly there's enough crises all around us every day. So anyway, thank you so much. Are we good? We're good. I was told this morning for one of the first times in my entire life, you weren't loud enough, far. I was like, wow. Okay, so, word to the wise. Be prepared. You know, I love computers. I think God created them so that people could read what I write. As we get started tonight, this morning, there were a few things that we talked about. Christ for a world in crisis. I told you, I promised you tonight we would start with some stories of some very real suffering, some very real challenges. Not because we want to ooh and ah over those, but instead because they are a part of the Christian walk. 
And I tell you that tonight, when we look at, I believe, where we stand in history, when we look at the evidence of the work that God has done since Christ walked the earth and since the church has been about her role, and we come into where we sit tonight, looking at what remains in terms of the peoples that still do not know that Jesus is Lord and that they are invited to his family, I think that the challenges are going to be illustrated and they will become very targeted. And I would add one more to, where is Christy? Christy, wave at me. Awesome. I would add one more thing, Christy, to what you said. When we look at the map tonight, everyone look at where the greatest number of languages are that remain. It's Africa. Satan knows that. So as we start tonight, you've already seen the picture if you were here this morning, but some of you may not have been. This is the Farr family, and I'm going to put a little ad out. You can't see this from back there, but it says, Beautiful Mess. And I printed them at CBS and tried to crop them. They're on the table downstairs. Okay, I, I want to alleviate all of you from thinking that you're missionaries other than the rest of them, at least this family. We are not saints, except by God's grace he has made us so. We are a beautiful mess, and we are happy for your prayers every day, all day, all night. Okay, just so you know, please pick these up, and I'm going to do a shout-out. Please go downstairs. Take a picture, meet a, make a new friend, pray with a missionary, ask them how they would like you to pray for them, and be surprised when they say, how can I pray for you? Uh, tonight, as we talk about what goes before us, we've talked about prayer, but there's going to be some more and very special illustrations. I actually am going to have a skit tonight um, up here. Um, I dragged some people in, somewhat unwillingly, somewhat willingly. And uh, we're going to have some missionaries play some roles they've never played before. Um, just a heads up. Tonight is looking into the future. It's not because we're not going to live in the present tense, but are we positioning ourselves as people of faith for what God has told us will happen? I'm going to say that again. Are we positioning ourselves as followers of Jesus, as his kids, for the things he's told us with a certainty will happen? Because church... If we bury our head in the sand and say it's going to be okay, we are lying to ourselves and Satan is happy. That is not acceptable. There is a king who wants to be exalted in every nation, and there are family members waiting to be invited. This passage, as I read it today, To me illustrates what we can expect Matthew 24 6 through 14 you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but see to it that you are not alarmed such things must happen but the end is still to come nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. 
All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to the persecuted, to be persecuted, and be put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. It doesn't say loved by all nations. It doesn't say made to feel good. And by the way, even in our nation, it says all nations. Do not be surprised if in this city it becomes very difficult for you. I know it already is. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Alden, don't grow cold. You know, you know, we could look at external signs and, and be about that. Um, I love to say why I joined Wycliffe and why our family did. And I think it's at this point in time appropriate to share what our mission statement is as a family. It's a really long one, very hard to remember, okay? To accelerate the return of Jesus. Every trip I go on, my kids are praying that people will be moved to go get involved. It is hard for our family when I'm traveling. We make the decisions together. My kids are praying for you tonight. We talked briefly this afternoon. There is a war on, and it's a war for the hearts of many. And the sense of urgency from the king is greater than you can imagine. And the sense of urgency from his father is just as great. This is where we find ourselves today. One of the things that I appreciate most is that we're actually measuring the number of languages there are in the globe so that we know every ethnic nation at least as best as we can, and the target number is zero. Today, this morning, Pastor Paul and I held up a banner, and I call it a disturbing truth because I pray it hangs on the wall, and every time you walk in and out of the church, you're reminded they still wait for someone in the family of God to invite them. That is our reality because God has not said, I need you, but I choose that you would invite the family and I will be with you. Now, I don't think that it would be easy to talk tonight without saying, I do want to get into very practical things for the church tonight. I want this to be very real for you I want you to see illustrated God accomplishing his purposes. And I can't tell John Piper's story or Pastor Paul's. What I can tell you is what I have seen in my life. And I can read to you the stories of others. And you can watch a short video from others. So that's what we're going to do tonight. This gentleman would ask you, what is your culture? What is your challenge? Who will be the leader in my community, in Chad, that will start to participate in a movement that will bring Jesus to our people? 
I'm going to read three stories. It's too small for you to read. I apologize on the font. But don't worry, because you're going to be listening anyway. The first is called Fruit, written from Borneo. It's true. Sometimes we feel pulled in so many directions with so many spheres of influence and relationships that we are juggling. Many of these relationships are beginning to bear fruit for his kingdom after 15 years. In the past four years, the Lord has directed us to invest in a small local church made up of mostly university students and working adults. Because university places for non-Muslims are scarce, we know these students are the top of their class and the future leaders of this nation. The Lord has also had us involved in teacher programs, teacher training programs for rural schools. Last week, Lim, a young man from our church, stopped by our place one evening. He asked questions about walking in the Spirit, how to lead worship in a way to draw people into the presence of God. These are topics that my husband, I'm not going to read his name, has taught in his Sunday school class. Lim, which is again fictitious, works for a large company, is about to get married, is a gifted musician and worship leader. His heart is to lead people into an encounter with God through worship. Lim's visits to our flats are becoming more frequent, frequent, and the fruit of his life over the past four years is one example of how the Lord is encouraging us right now. This month, I attended a closed event for our only invited guests. There was no press there. It was not publicized. You may remember, I wrote before about kindergarten teachers. 36 village kindergarten teachers who I helped train were present with several pastors from our city and the director and CEO of an international university. These teachers presented 36 represented 36 of the over 70 Christian kindergartens that have exploded into being in the last four years. None of them are trained teachers, and the government has now issued a new requirement for kindergarten teachers. The rural church schools were at risk of having to close in this Muslim country because the teachers did not have the proper credential. You know we live with an imam in his house. We are under his protection. Through some God-ordained meetings and partnerships, a new adventure has begun. Christian kindergartners are growing in this country. Children are being discipled in the ways of the Lord. And then the villages are investing in the next generation. These teachers have taken Proverbs 22.6 and put it into practice so that children will be strong in their faith, so they can face opposition and walk in truth. I know this family personally. They're friends of mine. We went to training together. They work and live in a place not in Borneo. The reality of their story, though, is this. We struggled for years in getting into the country where they work, and all of the people with the high degrees couldn't get it done. And God asked my friend's wife, who is a trained teacher, hi, Claire, to begin to simply start a kindergarten program with some moms. And they started to teach, and they started to use portions that they could get done of scripture in a language of wider communication. And they began to teach. 
This is where there are now 70 Christian kindergartens in this country. It is also now the official platform that SIL is doing its work in that country. None of the university programs, none of the other businesses. It was a group of moms working together. This is your God. The road, the path may look very different, but whatever door God opens, praise God. I remember this family almost leaving several times, saying it's too hard. Three years of ambiguity of not knowing what their next job would be. This is the reality sometimes. Crying out to God, saying, God, before we will return again, we will have 50 people that will commit to pray three times a week or we won't go back. And these are God. This is God at work. I share this with you because it's global and it's local. It's in your families. It's in the streets of this city. God is at work to accomplish his goal. I want to show you a couple of pictures. This is northern Siberia. There are challenges depending on where we go. Um, this is not a nice environment to go work, at least if you like warmth like me. This would be suffering in a new way, but that's okay. So I want to, uh, oh, whoops, I somehow moved forward too, sorry about that. This is Pyotr Kudi. He is a native Nenet speaker in northwestern Siberia, and he's reading the Book of Mark in his own language. There are stories, we have hundreds of stories of them around the globe at Wycliffe.net if you want to read the stories. When you talk about the CAR, Central African Republic, the challenges that we face there, Nigeria, Chad, Sudan, Pakistan. These are just places where Satan would love to have a role. These are ch children from the CAR on a trip last year. This is a Papua New Guinean. For her, the challenge is she's a woman working among men. The reality of her joy is there are 190 of her colleagues now that are participating in training so that they can do the work. You know what she's learning? Greek and Hebrew. Um, any second graders in the room? Because that's her highest level of education. I can tell you that I bore witness last summer to many Papua New Guineans with no higher education that have learned Greek and Hebrew and they have the book sitting out beside their side and they are drafting. This is your God. From this point on, whenever I say this is your God, you guys will all say amen or clap or cheer. Let's try that. This is your God. These are three children on the Mekong River represent Laos and Cambodia. God is doing a work there like never before. It started because there were people that started with specific strategic effort to pray for language communities in those countries. They are now open for us to be at work. Bible translation is happening there in, in new ways. In fact, in the last 10 years, 
Wycliffe has really recognized, along with other organizations, the need to actually say, we want you to commit to a people group. Bill Neef this morning, in his little note that I read to you, say, don't make a vow to God if you're not going to keep it. I'm going to tell you the same. Don't say yes that you will pray if you won't. But if you will, once those prayers started to get focused, and now there are people praying for every language community in the globe, there's 19,000 praying now. In this past 10 years, God has started more languages than in the history of the church. This is your God. I'm serious, Alden. If you're serious, think about that commitment. Choose a meal, one meal a week, and begin to pray that God would raise up people. We prayed this morning. Tonight, I'm going to make you pray again. It's just a terrible thing. It works, and Jesus said to do it. I'm going to do a little aside. This is an advertisement. It's for my job. I guess I'm allowed to say it once, so executive privilege. I've gotten in trouble, but here it is. We have a theology and mobilization now in Wycliffe to do three things. We want to tell the story of where we see God at work in as many places as possible because we believe Acts 1-8 really does work. We want to go to leaders of influence all across the United States because that's where we can invite from. We want to pray with them and ask them and thank them for opening their doorways and we will stay with them. So we're going to be in a thousand college classes this year. The third thing, we are going to wrestle with God and invite every friend we know to wrestle with God to send out laborers. And so tonight, you will pray for laborers. They're named, and they're actually in your pews. At this point, I'm going to um, invite a certain group of um, people. We're, we're going to um, skip the forgiveness video. I'll let someone, we'll share that at another time. Um, but I'm going to uh, fast forward here and invite a couple of our key colleagues forward. Um, would, can I have my volunteers come up? Now I need to introduce what we're doing here for you. I want to be very specific. Um, would you, Clara, would you grab that mic? Um, Amy, would you come over here? Pause. Um, I don't know if I have a mic that will reach you. Sure, let's switch those two. You can stand right here. We need to see you. So, Clara is a missionary going to um, the Middle East. She's going to an unreached people group. We're fast-forwarding. And this could be a year from now. Who knows what God might do in your life? I don't know. But, but Clara, you, you understand, like, you're going to the mission field to work with an unreached people group. Yes. Okay. Um, I play the part of Satan. 
and these are my two demons that I have available right now. The rest are tasked <laughs> elsewhere. Okay? And here is Alden Union Church, represented by Amy, the next, the next future of your church. So Clara is going to work. Uh, I know because I read in the bulletin. They don't think we can read. They're so slow. They don't think we will enter the church building that we're scared. That's weak. That's pretty weak, isn't it? But she's going to go to an unreached people group. She doesn't know where, but it's in, well, it's in Pakistan. Um, so we're just going to discourage her. She um, is a rookie, so just use all those normal things and um, just bring all sorts of accusation. There's a guy that has been on Facebook. I've been tracking the Facebook, and he is really interested, leverage that, and he does not love Jesus like she does. It, it'll be all over. Um, hit that really well. And then, oh, by the way, um, let's see if we can mess with her Internet and then get her mom and dad sick. That would, that'll probably bring her home. Here you go. Um, uh, you know, this is one I'm going to actually target. Why target so many places where it's not a threat to our existence? But if Jesus is known in those 17 languages in this country, then we're done. Like, we can work, but I'm going to have to deploy you elsewhere. And you've gotten really comfortable here in Pakistan after several thousand years. So just be aware. Um, so, I, you know, I, Clara, oh, Clara, you didn't read the Bible this morning, and um, you know what, uh, you're probably not a good Alden missionary, they read like six times a day. Hey, I think there's a man that really would like to have you back in, in the United States. He thinks you're cute. Yeah, and you're a beautiful girl, and you should really... You know, give up and go, go back there and, and be happy. You can you come. Want children? You can come back in two years because he's almost done with his MDiv, and then he'll have a degree in theology. It'll be great. And are you not aware that there have been people that have lost their heads over this? And when you preach about this Jesus, they're going to be after your beautiful head. Hey, listen, you know, you're, you're getting discouraged. You know, you don't have many friends here. Um, I don't think you're going to make it. You know, I, the church has been sleeping in their prayer. This is awesome. If they don't start praying soon, it's going to be really great. Yeah. Let's get them to fall asleep. Go do something really cool. Let's hold 17 missionary conventions, but don't let them pray for their missionaries. Okay. Just... Just hold a convention. Yeah. Do good things. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. Don't, don't bother taking time out of your busy schedule. You're doing really important things. Yeah. And do you think your prayer is going to make any difference? Yeah. You, you, can, you can actually pray for her. I'll step out of Satan Q right now. <laughs> so whatever she's going through right now, that you would bless her and that in everything she does, that you put your loving arms around her and that you'd encourage her as she's 
separate from her home, God, that you would uh, bless her in all that she does, that she would be a light for you, and that everything she does, she can be Jesus to everyone around her, that um, you would encourage her in her love for you and her dedication to your word, God. Yeah, yeah. Clara, I just want to say that I think your team, you're not going to be able to fit well. You've got a really mean boss, and um, he doesn't listen well, and um, I don't think he likes girls. So just saying, like, it would be a lot easier. Yeah, and, and you don't have, you, you know, you just don't have it to, to meet these people that don't know anything about your God. How are you going to reach them? They've got their own God. They don't want anything about Jesus. <laughs> okay. Clara, how are you feeling about now? I feel overwhelmed, and I feel broken, and I need prayer. I don't believe that this is foreign. It's very real. And if you were Satan... And you could choose where you deploy your limited resources. And Jesus says that when all ethnic nations know him, then Satan is no longer on the earth. Where would you as Satan go? Alden Union. You are expending serious amounts of your budget. You are targeting this. Do you think you're immune? Be alert. Wake up. Get serious about this. It is not a game. Satan knows. He reads his scripture. He probably reads Facebook a lot, especially for missionaries and people communicating with them in the church. He's going to try and destroy your marriages. He's going to try and destroy your witness. He's going to try and take out your kids. Get serious. Can we give a round of applause to our volunteers? They're awesome. Thank you very much. Um, this week, my son, JJ, was asked a question. And I'm going to, uh, it was, oh, the places you'll go. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be? What would you want to accomplish? And my son was enjoying that moment very much. And he wrote this answer. And I was stunned when he brought it home because we were shocked he did it all at school. And I'm fast forwarding through some things here, folks. If I went anywhere in the world, I would go to heaven. I would go with my family. Then I would be with Jesus. Then I would spend my whole life there because that's all that matters. So I got given this on Friday before I left. And I was stunned because I didn't put him up to it and his teachers had to read it. Just saying. <laughs> but the just saying part about it is what you're doing in your kids' lives. They are the future church. They should be praying for these languages. And I know they are, actually, in the junior church. They're, do they're doing it. Sorry, I get choked up about this. Now, this story is very personal to me. And I don't even need to look. What time is it? It's almost time for me to end, I think. You are seeing caskets. This is my story. 
because the missionaries died in 1972 in the airplane crash, Kenneth Mota said to my dad, and his wife Nora said to my mom, we're adopting you today. You will become our family. God had a purpose to kill missionaries so that he would be glorified because his bigger purpose was that the Karate people would worship Jesus. That sounds crazy. That's not a happy for missionary moment or their families or their churches. No, but it was what happened. Three months after this picture is taken, the neighboring villagers come over and say, if you don't forcibly remove the forest, we're going to come in and take them out. Kenneth, the man on the whatever side he's in, he's not the white guy, the other one, he says, over our dead bodies, you want to fight? You remember a generation ago we slaughtered your second generation? You bring it this time, we'll kill your women and children too. An unbeliever, purposed by God, adopts my family, my white family, so that we would become part of them because God had a plan for the Karathes. What would have happened had Jim, Cindy, and Jamie Farr been killed? We'll fast forward, but it will be over 43 languages that Mom will work on. This is a story of Alden Union. This is a story, though, that is repeated in every corner of the globe as God says this, I purpose that every nation on earth would know me, and I'm going to bring it about, and I will be glorified, and everyone will go, there's the real God. That's your God. This is mom bringing Jesus and medicine. A thousand times repeated, we never gave medicine where we didn't pray. And I can't tell you that Jehovah did not heal more people because he did than the medicine ever shared. In 1980, we returned from here. You helped us with the gifts. Others did as well, and we went through Israel. It was important, but at that time, the spiritual things that were happening God wanted to show the Karate people that he alone was God and more powerful than demons and evil forces. This is two feet. This is about 300 feet high. Pastor Paul, can I take five more minutes? Okay. And at this place, very precipitous trail down the hill, we got a letter from a family. The family were Westerners, they were from New Zealand. And they wrote this letter saying, the kids jumped out of the truck because they saw this big black being. So you have Westerners that don't believe in God saying that this happened. So a seven-year-old and five-year-old boy and girl, Sarah and Michael, jumped out of the back of their dad's moving truck on the edge of a precipice because they were so scared of the demon in front. God wants to glorify himself. Satan wants to totally lock things down. What happens, though, is God causes them to write to us where their friends, the white skins they know that live in America now because we're on furlough. We were here in the U.S. when we got the letter. The very next day, though, Dave's wife, Meg, 
drove down. She saw the demon, screamed, stuck the truck in reverse, and drove all the way back home and refused to go down. Fast forward, Dave is so ticked. He comes flying up the hill. You didn't bring my lunch, woman. Do you want me to beat you? I mean, he is very hot. And she says, I am never going down there again. There was some evil thing standing there. So after we got this, we prayed, and we arrived in the village about six months later. And this man, Erastus, he's the chief for that area, for the Karafe where we are. He was over all of the witch doctors, the shamans. And he said, he came down hotter than a hornet. He said, the demons attacked me. He says, I cast the spell over there, all of us did, so that we could get money and stop trade. And there is some white guy that's walking around, and we don't know who hired him, but we are scared, and we cannot go there. He says, you did it. What did you do? And we said, well, we got this letter, and we prayed. And Erastus pulls a Simon on us, and he says, he is far more powerful than anything I've ever seen. And Erastus, that afternoon, says, I'm saying no to what I've known, and I'm saying yes to Jesus. Over the next several months, this is your God, yes. Over the next several months, about three years before the New Testament would arrive, Erastus does what no one would do, and he goes to all of the other witch doctors where he would in the past have been very scared. And he says, I'm going to sleep on your porch in front of you. I will not stay up all night because you have no power over me. My God is much greater than anything you can do. Good night. This is your God. Now, this is illustrative of what God is doing around the globe. That's just for you. That's my coming-of-age feast at age 14. But it was something for the Karafes, because my village fathers said, Jamie, we want you to be the first one to read the New Testament for the Karafe people, so that they will hear and understand. Jesus speaks our language. Our people danced for several days and nights. This is the story of adoption. The irony of that moment and that day, Dad is now giving Kenneth the New Testament, the man who adopted us. Do you want to know? Kenneth's older daughter, oldest daughter, was the one who shared Jesus with me at age five, and I said yes to Jesus. This is God who purposes that an ethnic nation would worship him, that will allow his missionaries to die, that will bring glory to himself, that will take down the spiritual leaders in the community, all for one reason, so that his kids will know that he loves them and is more powerful than anything else. This is your God. So we sit today, and with this, I have something that I'm going to do at a later date. But I have actually brought along over 100 people's names that are on the cusp of going overseas to serve. And Pastor Paul, I don't know how you want to distribute those names, but we have them, and I would like you to intercede with the Lord. I'm going to end with this by praying globally for them. But I'm going to start sending you the names of those that are considering service so that as a church, you can practice Luke 10:2 and begin to pray for laborers for the harvest by name and the challenges they are running into. I believe God will do this in our time but I want you to be a huge part of it. I believe God has positioned you for this.
are you with him? This is your God. Jesus, in Luke 10 too, you say that we should come to you and ask you for laborers for the harvest. Lord, there are 1,859 language groups that we know no one has begun working in yet. And we are asking you that they would exalt your name. Thank you. Thank you for those that are considering service. For a hundred names that are here today that I will give to the leadership and that can be prayed for in circles over the next weeks. Lord Jesus, in our time I ask that you would finish the work you gave the church. Amen. stand and sing a song that is a today they'd say a remix a rewrite of a missionary song you've learned in the past and now we sing the second version I guess 311 we'll sing it to the tune of the first version which is right across the page but 311 so send I you by grace made strong to triumph over hosts of hell we've been hearing about that tonight over darkness, death, and sin. My name to bear and in that name to conquer. Would you stand with me and we'll sing just the first stanza and then uh, Pastor Paul, if you'd come close to me. So send I you by grace made strong to triumph for hosts of Before I close in prayer, uh, remember that tomorrow night, it's not in the bulletin, but it's in our conference brochure. We have missionary roundtable at 7 o'clock. We invite you all for that, and we'll figure out a way to be praying for all of those who, I love the way you put it, on the cusp of ready to serve the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who are throughout this world who are having challenges like we do, and maybe there's some among us tonight who are on the cusp. Pray that you will make it very, very clear to us because we want is your will. We desire to follow you and help nothing to dissuade us from doing that. Take us from here to go out into this world now to be salt, light, and fragrance as you intend. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.